During the Buffalo's final press luncheon of the year, Mike McIntyre wrapped up his third season as the Buffalo's head coach. Nelson Spruce reflected on his college career, and Cheeto Bay Awuze announces that he will be back for his senior season. The uh, first, I'd like to, you know, we talked a little bit about the the senior class. We had a small senior class, um, you know, uh, and uh, they but they did a great job. They had some excellent leaders in that group, and. Um, of course, had a, a record-setting um, player in Nelson Spruce, who um, is a phenomenal player, but just a phenomenal person too. And um, that's what I've been doing all day today: is um, meeting individually with all the graduating seniors and the rising seniors. Uh, but the graduating seniors, and um, those are um, enjoyable, but uh, 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 sad moments too uh, when they walk out of your office for the last time. And uh, and then also hearing them talk about what they want to do in the future and finding out ways we can help them and different things. I got to make, you know, I got guys that want to go in the military. I got guys that want to go in the FBI. I've got um, guys that, of course, playing pro football. You got guys that are going straight into business and, uh, you know, working on different things to make calls for them, write recommendation letters. Um, it's always a, an exciting time uh, to see that and, and, and see their mind shift to other things. And um, uh, it was, uh, so it's kind of a, an enjoyable day and also a sad day at the same time. So uh, I'll take any questions at this time. Mac, when you go through those those exit interviews, uh, you said it kind of sad. They'll understand that, but I wonder: are, are guys very frank with you? I mean, if, if they say, "Coach, you know, I think if we did it this way, that might be better." I mean, how, how deep do you guys get? Oh yeah, we talk. Um, I always uh, I talk to them about you know how much I appreciate them and and different things, and then I always ask. I, I want some uh, straight feedback on, and then I do that with our players on our team now too. Um, and uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's good to hear different things that they say. But um, so far, it's all been, you know, real positive. They think we're all going in the right direction. Um, and, you know, they're saying they like morning practices. They like these different things. And um, so uh, um, one of the guys said we need to maybe keep our schedule a little bit better because we had to change up our Sunday-Monday deals. And I said, I would if we didn't get back in at 6 a.m. in the morning and y'all come back and pray. He goes, I hadn't thought about that. I didn't want to come back at 3. I was still asleep. So, uh, um, yeah, but we do. I I, I do get some uh, good ideas and some good tidbits um, that that I've uh, used um, throughout the years. It's always good to hear from the uh, the player's perspective, too. And I I talk to them about that all the time. But as they're leaving, they probably feel a little bit more comfortable saying things sometimes. Coach, uh, one goal building programs is always you want to be better at the end of the year than you were at the beginning of the year. Do you feel like this year's team accomplished that? I do think we improved as the year went along, even with all the injuries we had. Uh, I do think that we improved, uh, and but we, again, um, we didn't finish some of those games like we'd like to and had some, some miscues, but I do feel like we're a, a better football team than we were when we began. Uh, I really do believe that. And then a lot of those guys are coming back. You know, we're going to have a a really a excellently big senior class and a really big junior class. I think when you combine them together, the way I understand it, um, it's the biggest class as they've had since the 2001 season, uh, which they had a great season that year. And so uh, I'm excited about all those guys coming in. They've played a lot of football. And uh, we also had some guys we thought were going to be seniors that are now juniors. Um, Jeremy Irwin, uh, Addison Gillum, uh, those type of guys. Um, um, so it's a, a, a good for our future. Coach, even at the beginning of the season, before the beginning of the season, was confidence and optimism. Mm -hmm. You really thought, in fact, you made a point that it wasn't just you, but you sensed that among the players. They thought they were a bowl game. Um, 
it's kind of a two-part question. Were, when the loss is mounted, were, were, the, were you and the players able to maintain confidence as a team? And I'm assuming the answer is yes. If so, how do you, now that the season's over, how do you maintain confidence in young men when the losses are mounting the way they did this year? Mm -hmm. How do you keep that confidence high? Well, I, I think number one, um, you know, the way they were playing in those games, the effort they always gave, the, the never give in attitude, um, the competitiveness, how they came ready to play. Um, I think that's it showed that their 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 mind was in the right place, their heart was in the right place. Um, also, you know, on uh, you know on when we have our life lessons nights on Thursday nights, we had it on Wednesday night before the our last game, um, and that's where the, the the travel squad, the team, and each senior got up and talked, and it was really interesting to. I didn't tell one senior what to say. He could say anything they wanted to say, and uh, it was interesting. Uh, at least half of them talked about how far they've seen everything come um, and how close we are and how frustrating it is to be that close and not get over the hump in more games than we did. Um, but, you know, a couple of them even talked about being on the field when it was, I don't know, 50-something to nothing against uh, um, Fresno at halftime. And um, they talked about a couple other games. And now how they, they're right there tasting being able to beat those teams, and we, and we will. Um, eventually do that in, in our conference and, and more often. And, um, you know, they talked about Oregon games and the Southern Cal games when it was over before it even started. Um, so I, I think that, that them talking to the young men about that, about how far they've come, and then all the guys sitting in there that are playing a lot realize um, it's a building process and you take the next step. And so I think that all year long they felt that and they felt like they could they, – their confidence was they felt like they definitely could win every game they played. Um, where I wouldn't have said that was always the case in the past. And they felt like that if they came off a loss or came off a win, they felt like they'd win the next game. Coach, uh, you talked about saying goodbye to the seniors and that sort of thing. Do you have a, did you have any juniors or other guys who won't be returning? Uh, no. Everybody's, everybody's returning. That, that, as of right now that I know of, nobody said one thing to me about that. Coach, how many scholarships are you working with and how, what's your commitment total up to now? Oh, right now we're at, um, well, you know, commitments are <laughs> commitments. Hopefully they all stick. Um, we're right sitting right now at around uh, 11 um, um, commitments, 12, 11, 12 um, in that area. Um, and so um, we, there'll be some guys, um, you know, you'll always, I hate to say this, you always have attrition. There'll be guys that go through spring and decide they don't want to come back, that type of thing. Um, so we'll, 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 we'll sign a few more guys, um, understanding that that happens. There's kids that transfer or decide to graduate early or that type of thing. And usually that doesn't happen until about halfway through spring. What is Josh Tupo's status? Um, uh, Josh Tupo's status is he's planning on coming back to school in May, as of right now. And will be back on the team in August? Yes, and he'll be able to graduate in December because he was way up far ahead academically. Coach, beginning of the season, um, it was kind of a stated goal from around the program of being able to reach full contention and, and be mm -hmm. in that mix at the end of the season. Obviously, it fell short of that. Do you personally feel, I know we're realizing that we're early in the process of, of looking ahead to next year, but are you at all feeling any more pressure to make sure this program gets to that level next season? 
I think you always you always put pressure on yourself. You always want to be as successful as you can be, um, and definitely every year we want to be able to win the Pac-12 championship, and we want to be able to go to a bowl and and see where that takes us from there. Um, so, um, you know, every year you, you as a coach or as a player, you're trying to reach the ultimate goals that you want to reach, and uh, that's something that we're working for all the time. Like you talked about. Uh this team trying to get over the hump. And mm -hmm. It's been a difficult hump to get over mm -hmm. these past two seasons. Um, do you sense it's more physical or mental or maybe both? And if you do feel there's maybe a mental hurdle this team is trying to get over, how do you approach that in the offseason? I think it's all a process. We've It's a process of growing, and we've made progress, okay? Um, uh, there's no doubt we've made progress. Have we made this progress as, as quickly as we would like? You never do that. I don't think you ever do that. Um, and I think that we're in the process of doing that. We're making progress and we're and our process is working. Um, and, you know, I think there's aspects in all games that could be mental, could be physical, um, could be a, 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 a mistake here or an unbelievable play by them um, and uh, that kind of changes a game, so to speak. I think it's also the maturity of our football team, um, understanding um, the attention to detail and the heat of battle, which takes pre preparation in practice, takes preparation in how many games they've played now. Um, so I think it's all a process that will happen. So I think it's a combination of, of all of that, and eventually it'll happen more often than it doesn't. Would you ever think of employing like a sports psychologist? You know, a we do have a sports psychologist, Chris Bader. He does a phenomenal job on our on our with all of our athletes and with our football team. And um, um, he, I work with him quite a bit on different things and different ways to approach guys or different ways to approach the team and different ways to approach different games. And he, he does an excellent job. I think he's, he's helped us a lot and helped me a lot on, um, he comes to our games, he sits in on our meetings, he hears what we're saying so we can portray the right attitude to the kids. And I think that's why one of the things that helps our young men is we're positive with them. We're we're tough on them, and we're positive with them. And I think that keeps their resilience going. Um, because if it's always negative, uh, you don't have much reserve to go have resilience. And I think that's why we're a pretty resilient football team, and come back and play. And we'll get more of those wins this year. Coach, I'll confess I was reluctant to ask this question during the season, but now that it's over, um, obviously the athletic director came out and said you would be back next year. Uh huh. Um, did you know that all along, or was there a time during the season where you guys had that conversation? And and also, how much did it help you, or how much does it help you recruiting the, the people out there know you're coming back next year? And as a follow-up to, I, I'll ask: Have you thought about any coaching changes? Um, on the, I, I honestly I don't ever think about um, uh, my status as the head football. I'm, I'm the head football coach at Colorado, and that's what I want to do. And I'm going to work at it with everything I've got. And um, if I worry about everything else all the time, then I can't do my job effectively. Um, you know, if a Mark Rick can get fired with 10 wins, one of the greatest men in our business, um, anybody can be fired. Um, so you can't worry about that. You can't let it affect how you treat young people or how you work with other people in your office and how you work with your staff. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've always felt like, um, you know, Bruce Benson was behind, Phil Stefano was behind me, and Rick George was behind me, 100%. Um, um, haven't ever doubted that or thought that. Um, of course, we all want more wins. We all want more. 
Um, but I think they see the progress we're making. Um, I think they see the process within our program. Um, of course, there's different things every year when the season's over and you look back and you refocus and you evaluate and you look at just like you would in any business. There, you have to make different tweaks um, and, uh, and, and, and look at what you're trying to do to progress your program. Um, but during the heat of the battle, if you're worried about that, then you're not being an effective leader. Um, by any stretch. Um, you're being a reactive leader. You can't be reactive. You have to lead um, with a process, a, a progress, a, a, a sense of um, self-worth, a sense of pride, and uh, a sense of confidence. And I think if you're doing that, you're, you're not. So um, I grew up in the business, so I know exactly how the business works, 100%. And coaching changes, have you thought about that? Um, we're still evaluating everything. I am. And uh, I'm I don't like to make knee-jerk decisions quickly right after the season. Um, and uh, um, so I'm still evaluating um, what we would do on a, within our whole program from every phase of it um, because it's all, all works inter interconnected. And uh, I do know all our people work extremely hard and, and have a lot of pride of being here. Coach Foreman's talked about the time that can get lost going up and down the hill for conditioning. Uh, when do you guys get to move into the new indoor practice facility, and can you talk about the benefits of that? Well, yeah, the new indoor practice facility is, is going to be exceptional. Um, it's going to be great. I mean, you, you walk right from the locker room, right to the weight room, right into the indoor facility, right onto our new practice fields that will be connected to that too. So I, I think that uh, it's going to be a huge benefit for us this offseason. Uh, and you also have a track <laughs> around it, so there's a lot of advantages um, uh, to that. Um, and we'll – I don't know the exact date we can move in there yet. Um, I'm definitely hoping when we get back we'll be able to get in there uh, extremely quick. I know that the, um, the turf is almost completely done in there, so that's a, that's a positive sign. Um, and so, you know, they got the parking garage underneath and all those type of things, but I don't know exactly when they'll let us in. Um, hopefully um, when our guys get back, we'll be able to go right in there then. What are your spring practice dates? Have you set them? Um, yes, we've set the spring practice dates. They're going to start um, after signing date. I don't know the exact date off the top of my head right now. Um, right, and then we'll be done before spring break. So very similar to last year. Question on Jaleel Aweeney. Uh-huh. With the way he finished the season in, the, in that role and with Cepho being gone until when he gets back, um, does Aweeney move back to linebacker for spring ball or does he stay? At That's something we've got to evaluate and, and look at. Um, and, uh, and, and see, and also the progress of um, Cepho's foot would be a big issue in that also. Um, but uh, Jaleel did some good things when he came in the other day, the way we were utilizing him, and um, he was excited about doing it. With Michael Atkins, A. Lopez, and uh, Addison Gillum, is the process to get them a red shirt pretty simple, or is it similar to what you had to go through with Jared Bell last year? Well, um, uh, it's, it's a, you apply for their red shirt, when their time comes. You don't do it right now. So uh, Addison would play next year, would be like his senior year, but knowing with he had a full year out that they would apply after that season's over. And uh, usually all of those go pretty smooth um, with the amount of games. They're underneath the games. They, they did all the protocol, but that's when you apply. You don't apply right now to find out. You wait till they finish the next season. That's how the NCAA does that. Mackie just got asked about the, the quarterback position. I, I yep. imagine with, uh, with here you've got a, a record-setting quarterback in Stefo who, who's going to have that foot issue and, and won't be around for spring ball, I imagine. 
You've got a young guy like Kate Absey who got some valuable snaps. You've got Steve Montez, who I know that you're excited about. This would really seem to be kind of an interesting stretch here with this offseason from a quarterback perspective in terms of what you're looking at and how you're going to evaluate these guys, these guys who would think. Yes, they'll get a lot of reps in the spring with um, Alcefo out there on the actual practice field to be in meetings and around. Um, those young men will get more reps, so that would give them more opportunity to improve. That would also give us more opportunity to evaluate. Um, so that would be a, um, a definitely an interesting um, process there and, and also give us a chance to um, look at some of their strengths and weaknesses, so to speak. Are you recruiting a quarterback? Uh, yes, we are. We try to recruit a quarterback every year, basically, because quarterback's an interesting position. <laughs> well, how much time you've uh, had to really think about this since Saturday, but as you look back at the season, is there anything that, that uh, you just kind of kick yourself and say, boy, I wish I would have done this differently or done this in a better way as a coach? Um, I've done that every uh, Saturday. I've done that every uh, Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. And we've tried to redefine different things, try to – we take um, after each game. We take notes of the game, of course, and um, log things away. How we would handle that situation different. How we would do that, and we ended up handling some situations different as the season went along. Um, and you, you know, it's always easy to, to second guess, especially when you lose a game. Um, it's always very easy to second guess. Um, but you know, there's. I'll go back. I'll watch each game over again. I watch the game like it's an entirety on film. So kicking game, just like. Just as the game would go, kicking game, um, if you went offense, defense, you know, where we are on the clock, you know, was that a good decision to make? Was it not? Sometimes if you're not successful, of course it's not, but it might have been the right decision even though you weren't successful. You got to kind of look at that. Um, you know, would you kick an onside kick? Would you punt it there? Would you, you know, would you try to block the uh, punt? You know, those type of situations. Because um, there's certain times you'd like to block a punt if it's over a certain down, down and distance on fourth and long. Certain times you wouldn't because it's under that. If you run into the guy, gets a first down. So all those issues we'll go back and look at and make sure I made the right decisions and, and go from there. And then sometimes in, the, in a game, you're watching the game and you're going, we're stopping them pretty good or we're not stopping them. That also goes into your decision. It's not just always just by the book. Sometimes you can tell, whoa, we're really tired. We're not going to probably be able to hold them, vice versa. And you kind of make some decisions off of that too. And so. We, we, I look at that also. And a lot of that's a, a feel during the game. As a follow-up to that, though, is there anything specific that um, you look at and say, that you can tell us and share with us that you, know, you feel like this staff uh, you know, maybe didn't do as well as you wanted to? Well, I think, um, of course, there's some things we didn't do as well as we'd like. But for me to sit here and say exactly what they are without going back over the whole season, looking at each circumstance, because there's different circumstances that happen in, in situations. Um, and... Uh, you know, um, so there's some areas we definitely need to improve on. There's some areas we made some big strides in. So I would just kind of keep looking at that and, and, and say. But, I mean, of course we made some mistakes. Um, but for us to be specifically fix those mistakes and have a specific answer at this moment, that would be kind of off my cuff because um, I haven't been able to go through every game and look at all the situations. And then you have games where you have certain guys out, and so you're trying to do certain things to make up for certain guys not being in there. You know, so that, that goes into it also. I know that uh, Dave uh, let us know that here at the top of the hour they'll be announcing the LPAC 12 team. Just a specific comment about Cheeto and, and Nelson being second team LPAC in 12 games. Uh, uh, first decision is I think they're both first team LPAC 12. Um, no yeah, doubt. My, I know, but I think they're first team. 
Um, there's no doubt in my mind. You have the leading receiver in the history of the Pac-12. Um, uh, you know, of course, our team didn't win as many games as we like. I think if we would have won more games, they'd both be first team. Uh, but I think they're both first team Pac-12 football players. Um, and I think they would start on any team in this league, either one of them. And, uh, and also, they're excellent students. They're excellent kids. I mean, they're big time good students. And they're, um, and they're great kids. And really, they're not great kids. They're, they're men now. And uh, matter of fact, I met with Cheeto today, and we were laughing because um, I was meeting with him as being a rising senior. I said, remember when I first saw you play as a 10th grader? Yeah. So I've known him since he's a 10th grader. Now he's graduating. Um, that's um, uh, pretty special. And he'll graduate next December, and he's doing really well in school, so he's ahead of time. He'll graduate in three and a half years, which is pretty cool. Mike, when Nelson was in here, he was asked about the offensive struggles this year. and He cited a lot of the injuries, especially up front, uh -huh. being one of the reasons, but he said something interesting. He said, you know, I don't know if we ever were able to really put our finger on why we struggled, because if we would have, we could have fixed it. What's your assessment of why the offense struggled in well, I, I think um, we had different issues that happened at different times, with, especially if you're juggling your offensive line a lot. Okay, It's not an excuse, it's a fact, but we had to figure out how to fix it. Um, the good thing about it is we'll have a lot of guys back that have played a lot. They'll kind of understand it. You know, a guy who really improved as the year went along, a guy like John Lasella, I mean, he really improved. And now he's just a freshman, and next year he'll have all those plays on him, he'll be bigger and stronger in the offseason. Um, you know, I think the other thing that hurt us at the end of the year, I think we were red hot in the Southern Cal game. I mean red hot, and Cepho goes down. Um, I could see it in their eyes. I could see the way we were moving the ball. He was throwing it accurately. We were running, and that hurt us. I think if he doesn't get hurt, I don't think you're asking that. I don't think we're asking that same question, to be honest with you. Coach, were you at all worried about Cheeto leaving for the NFL, and were you relieved to find out that he's coming back? Um, no, I was not worried about Cheeto leaving for one minute for the NFL. I know his parents. I know what he's all about. I know he wants to get his degree, and he's ahead of time, so he'll have plenty of time to, to get ready. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a, a great leader on our team. So, um, I, I mean, we haven't even – I always discuss it with all our juniors um, a couple different times during the season because there's these guys called runners out there that work for these agents, and they try to get in these kids' heads, which is totally wrong. Um, and uh, so I make sure that I go over that with them so they don't make any wrong decisions that would make them ineligible. Um, so I've talked about that with a lot of our guys over and over and always do that. Um, but I would, um, you know, you never know, but I would think definitely, I would think definitely he was going to be back for sure. Coach, uh, Nelson talks about how Paul Richardson kind of patched the torch down to him, and now Nelson's kind of looking for a guy to pass the torch mm -hmm. down to. You know, he got Shea Field, Bryce Bobar, too. I think we have some uh, excellent receivers there and you know um, Shea is one that was really having a good year again and then hurt his ankle in the Arizona game and it kind of hampered him um, a little bit um, throughout the rest of the season um, and I think um, you know Bryce is a really good player I think we have a lot of uh, good receivers that can make some plays and do some things. So um, I'll, I'll be excited about seeing who the guys that step up, and we'd like to have a few of them do that. It's hard to replace Nelson. Isn't yeah, it? it's definitely hard to replace Nelson. There, there's no doubt about that. When you have players who, at least from afar, like Devin Ross and Diego Gonzalez, who 
appeared to have lost confidence. How do you get them to regain that confidence? Well, I, you instill confidence in them all the time and, uh, and work with them. Uh, you know, Diego's a rising senior. We, we met today and talked about a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, um, Diego's a very talented young man, and um, he's got a big smile on his face. I'm excited about Diego's future. And you just keep working with them and, and keep going and helping them and going from there. Um, you know, Devin is a guy who's made some big plays and has just got to keep his keep focusing on his catch, catching skills and keep working on that. So you just keep the process going. You keep instilling, you keep working, you keep pushing, you keep showing them, keep going, and uh, kind of move the puzzle around and keep trying to find ways to help them. It's kind of never ending with all the kids. First couple of years you were here, the injuries were not that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. um, this year, obviously, they were. Um, do you have you and Foreman talked at all about? There's something in that you guys need to change in that regard, or was was this just one of those fluke years? Well, I mean, knees and broken foots. There's really not as much you can do about that. The way sometimes things happen. Um, you know, our off the field injuries are kind of crazy too. So I don't know <laughs> how you really fix that. Um, uh, you know, so, um, but you do get bigger and stronger, more physical. Um, you know, we're playing against good football teams, and uh, we, you know, we need to just keep getting more guys bigger and stronger, and and, and then more depth we have helps us too, because you're going to have a few injuries here and there. And you know, in some years, it's just you're kind of lucky. You just don't have many, um, and uh, hopefully uh, this year will be one of those years. Stanford or USC. Oh, um, I, I have no idea. Um, they're both really good football teams, and um, that'll be a, a fun game to watch. Aaron Baltazar, do you know his status as far as coming back coming in this year? Uh, he won't be here. Ever? No. More questions for Coach? All right, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Reconvene on the signing day. <laughs> so, can you just talk about uh, you know, your thoughts you know, on the season as you look back at it? And obviously, you guys set the, the goal at the beginning of the season to go to a bowl game. I fell short of that. Just give us your thoughts on the whole season. Um, obviously, a disappointment. Uh, we didn't get that goal. So, overall, you know, a lot of us are down, you know, frustrated that we couldn't make it to a bowl and send the seniors off right. But, you know, um, for us coming back, it's just more motivation to get those seniors at bowl game. And there's going to be a, a big senior class, and we just got to find a way to get it done. You know, personally and on the defensive side, we had our own goals too. We got a couple of them, but, you know, some of them we didn't get. But I think overall, we just need to improve and use it as motivation for next year. Chilo, I think you answered it a little bit there, but there's been some rumblings about you possibly leaving. Um, for the NFL, are you definitely coming back? Yeah, I'm definitely coming back. You know, um, I came in with this class. Uh, a lot of those guys mean a lot to me. Coach Mack means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, we got a good thing going. And I want to see the progress finish and us get to that bowl game and have some success. You know, nothing against uh, this year's seniors, but I just sense that the, the, the next year's seniors, the current juniors, there's more hunger in them than there was in this year's class. Do you feel that at all? Uh, I wouldn't say more hunger. Um, I wasn't there when those seniors came in in the dorms when they were freshmen and they had that bond. But I, I can speak on our class that we had a great bond and we still do. Um, I think we're Coach Mack's first class, so we kind of 
know what he expects out of us. And uh, those seniors did a great job, and we're just kind of trying to follow suit and do another great job. And except this time, try to get to a bowl game. With all the close games that you guys had in 2014, it seemed to be going into this season, a lot of people thought that corner had been turned. And then you have a lot of close losses this year. What was what was the difference there? Why didn't you know the close games uh, turn into wins? Um, you know, everybody says it, but I definitely think it's the little things. You know, Coach Foreman, especially uh, even in the weight room, when we go around, he always like has individual talks to us about the little things in the weight rooms, just finishing reps, stuff like that. I think in the summer, in the spring, uh, going into this off season is going to be really important for us to get over that board. You know, and also finishing the fourth quarter. That was honestly a goal of ours to finish fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, sometimes we didn't do that. We ended up losing a couple of heartbreaking losses. So I think those are the things we got to work on. You've been very valuable out of that nickelback role. Do you like that role, or would you like to play more cornerback coming back next year? Uh, I mean, I just love the position DB, defensive back. You know, I played safety two or, yeah, last year. Freshman year, I played nickel. This year, I played a little bit more corner. So, um, I don't know. Whatever they put me, they feel like it's the best position for me to play and to win. I'll be comfortable playing it. Uh, I love playing nickel. I love playing corner. I love playing safety. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I just love playing defensive back. Uh, you mentioned uh, the defense reached some of the goals that you set. Can you talk about those and also... Uh, looking back now, the whole change in the defense, the new defensive coordinator, and how that went. Uh, well, Coach Levitt, um, Coach Tumpkin came in. Some guys were skeptical, some guys were excited, and then once we started getting going, everybody was excited. You know, they were great. Uh, they fit into great roles on our team, and a lot of us fell in love with them and just really wanted to play for them hard. So, uh, you know, one of our goals was to finish in the top half in the Pac-12 and scoring defense. I'm not sure if we did that. I think we might have finished at number six, uh, so that's pretty good. Um, we did pretty good on the passing defense side. I thought that was pretty good, but another thing that Coach Levin always says is that good gets you beat, and obviously we didn't get those wins, so we got to find a way to be great or be excellent. We can't be perfect, but we got to get as close as, it to, as we can. <clears throat> you know, early in the season, or before the season, there's a lot of talk about optimism and, and, and confidence that this team had, um, that it would turn the corner. And obviously, as the season goes on and the losses mount, no player is going to come out and say, yeah, we've lost our confidence now. Um, but now that the season is over, were you guys able to maintain winning confidence throughout the season? Or as the losses piled up, <clears throat> did you start to lose confidence in yourselves as a team? Uh, we definitely never lost confidence uh, as competitors. You know, when you get in those situations of adversity, you actually build more confidence, and you because you want to because you start to go back into the practice field, back into the film room, and work harder. So you know, confidence is in your preparation. So I think when we started getting those losses, we started preparing harder, and um, even if some people didn't see it, I still saw our team is progressing. Um, you know, we had a couple of downfall victories that were kind of blowouts, but other than like two those games, I feel like we were progressing pretty good, but um, we definitely got to get wins and we got to find a way. And if I could just follow up, how, how do you maintain confidence when the losses are mounting? I mean, it's, it's just human nature that when you're, when you're failing or, or not achieving your goals, to start to doubt. How do you, as a team and as an athlete, 
maintain that confidence and, and still can continue to believe? Um, you know, if it was a team of individuals, people would probably look at themselves and be really down and probably lose confidence. But we all know that we're all in this together. Everybody got each other's back. So if one person makes a mistake or feels like they lost the game, they know they didn't. You know, it's a team effort. And as long as we know we got together, I think that confidence is real high. And we know we got each other's backs. Cheetah, when that game ended in Salt Lake City on Saturday, that junior class marks off that field senior class now. Yeah. And that group then sets the tone for the following season. So how do you guys take that responsibility on yourself to build for 2016 and, and maybe raise the bar next year? Uh, definitely, I think it's accountability. Uh, we got to hold, hold each other more accountable. Uh, even ourselves, sometimes it's hard to regulate ourselves in certain situations when emotions get high or emotions get too low. We got to, you know, be that bright spot for this team and show leader, great leadership in the weight room, in the training and practice, all those type of things. If people try to complain, we can't let that happen. We just got to really be positive because we know what's coming. We know that we can be a great team, a great defense, and we just got to keep going. Tito, what did you see of Steven Montez when he was running the scout team? What kind of quarterback did you see? Uh, he's a very talented quarterback. Uh, it's hard to see as a scout team quarterback to evaluate him because, like, the defensive coaches sometimes tell him who to throw to, you know, in the double coverage and yeah. stuff. So, But he definitely has talent. He has a big arm. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. A lot of people are wondering how this team is going to replace Nelson Spruce. You've got to get all these receivers and most of them back. So who do you think is going to replace Nelson as far as that production? And who have we not seen that might step up next year, do you think? Okay. Uh, first off, Nelson is great. Uh, He's one of those guys that always, like, I look from afar and just, you know, he pushed me just because I seen how he worked and how great he was and how, what all he accomplished at this level. So uh, hats off to him. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a group effort, definitely, to replace a guy like that. Um, we'll see who steps up. But I feel like all of our receivers are great from the bottom to the top. It just depends who has that work ethic like Nelson did. Any names you can give us of guys that we haven't seen that you know, you've gotten to get some practice that have impressed you? Um, I mean, y'all have seen Devin Ross, Bryce Bobo, Shea Fields, uh, Lee Walker. Lee Walker's a guy who's really fast. Um, you know, if he has that work ethic, I think he can break through. Hey, Neil, that's for Cheeto. All right, now, hold up. Um, coming out at 1 o'clock, this is embargoed until, like, 1 o'clock. If I see it on Twitter anywhere before then at 1 o'clock, you and your organization will lose your credential privileges for basketball and for football next year. That's how serious this is. Cheeto Bay and Nelson are going to be second team all Pac-12. So you might want to ask Cheeto Bay about that. But like I said, if anybody feels the need to tweet that before 1, you're going to test me and you're going to lose your credentials. Understand? I'm a second team on the Pac-12. Nah. Nah, it's an honor. It's a high blessing. Um, I feel like it's a culmination of Coach Levy and Coach Tumpkin really coming in and changing the culture of our defense. You know, I feel like we had a lot of great players on defense, and I just happened to be the one chosen by the Pac-12 or whoever chooses that. So, you know, it's a blessing and it's an honor, and I think it's a representation of our team, and that's good. But obviously, I wish I could have had first team, but that just gives me a reason to grind harder. I was going to say, though, that that then labels you as one of the best players returning the Pac-12. Mm. So I just asked you about how the responsibility moving forward next year, 
that kind of raises the bar on yourself, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, just got to keep raising my standard of playing. Uh, expect more out of myself, and by doing that, uh, also being vocal and try to raise the standard of other players to get their max potential, and hopefully, you know, it works out that we have more Pac-12 players. I feel like we have a lot of uh, all Pac-12 players on our team. We just got to show it, and also wins help that. So, you know, just got to have great leadership to get those wins too. Do you look at yourself as a leader, a guy yeah. that's going to kind of set the pace next year? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, if last year was my junior year. Uh, uh, as an upperclassman, I felt that obligation, but definitely now that, that I'm a senior, this is my last go-around, go uh, I feel like it's necessary to regard myself as a leader and to be that guy or be one of those guys. <clears throat> since, you were asked, since you were asked about whether you're coming back next year in advance of that, did you give some thought to going early? I mean, not really as a possibility. You know, education always came first for me and my family. Uh, I obviously talked to them, but <clears throat> it was always in the back of my mind, but I think definitely I always knew I was going to come back, and it's never really been a question to myself. I think maybe other people have made it a question, but not, not myself. You were talking about leadership. How did that 12-person uh, leadership council work this year, and would you like to see that continue next year, or would you like to go back to you know, naming just captains for the season? Uh, first off, I think leadership council or captains, all that stuff is – you know, it's good, but, you know, there's a lot of leaders outside of that, too. Uh, we just need great leaders. I don't know if it's going to be leadership council or captains. I, I liked it, though, but um, I just think you don't need that, that label as a captain or on a leadership council to be a leader, to lead yourself, to lead others. So uh, we just need a lot of people to step up. All right, anything else? Thanks, Cheeto. Yep, no problem. I believe Cheeto finished second on the team pack and he's still waiting to get the number of defensive coaches. That's why the stat sheet's kind of blacked out. But I'm uh, pretty sure Gamboa finished first and Cheeto second. Next up is Nelson Spruce. Uh, got the record list back here. Nelson set or tied 42 school records. Plus the Pac 12 all time uh, leader in the second for 294. Questions for Nelson? <clears throat> Nelson, just as you sit here now and it's officially over, you know, now you're looking up the next, next opportunity in life. I mean, what, what do you reflect upon? I mean, looking at this list that David just had, there's 42 records out there, you know, including the conference uh, stuff that you and I talked about last week. Well, what do you reflect upon at this point? Yeah, um, I just had my exit meeting with Coach Max, so I feel like it's like really over now, but. I mean, looking at that, that's awesome. You know, that's why you play football, to be the best. And, you know, obviously I couldn't have done it by myself, but, you know, setting those records, it's, it's something I'm always going to remember. And then, I mean, just a, from a team aspect, playing college football, you know, that's always been my dream. So, you know, I'm always going to look back on these years probably as the best years of my life. You know, hopefully I get to play at the next level. But, you know, I, from what I've heard and, you know, from what I can imagine, you know, college football, it's – it's not as much as a bit of a business, you know, just guys playing it for the love of the game, and I'm definitely going to miss it here. You said you had your uh, exit meeting with uh, Matt. Uh, can you tell us 
what was said between the two of you, what the theme of that meeting was? Yeah, um, it was just me and him kind of going back and forth about, you know, how much the program's changed since I got back, since I started here. And then, you know, obviously how frustrating this season was just because we were so close but couldn't finish some of those games. And, uh, you know, he told me what we're going to accomplish next season and the years to come. You know, I'm still a part of that, which I'll definitely feel a part of that. Um, and then we kind of just talked about the next level. And, you know, he'll obviously help me out with anything I need as far as that goes, you know, and just the future. And obviously I'll be in touch with him and, you know, I'll be checking in on the program and he'll be checking in on me. So. So you're also second team All-Pac-12. How that, when you found out about that, how did that make you feel? That's good, um, obviously. You know, you like that type of recognition. Obviously, first team would have been better. That was kind of my goal coming into the year. My individual goal was first team, just because last year I was second team as well. But uh, there were some good receivers this year. Um, who was first team? Juju and uh, Gabe Marks, probably, I would imagine. So those are two good receivers. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy with it. It seemed like Peerich kind of handed the torch to you in terms of being the number one receiver here. Do you hand that to Sheffields now? <laughs> I was kind of joking around the last week. Like, I was telling him, all right, whoever has the best game this week gets the torch. But, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's going to kind of, you know, Shea's been the kind of number two. But, um, you know, with that being said, I think it's kind of a, you know, close in terms of, you know, who can step up and be that number one guy. That's why I told Bryce is my roommate and I told him like, you know, there's no reason why you can't be if you if you this offseason is gonna be huge for you. I mean, just like it's gonna be huge for Shea, like it's gonna be huge for Devin, like who's gonna be that guy? Like once Peter left for me, that was when I was like, All right, this is my time, I gotta like, you know, step up. So it's I think it's gonna be a case of whoever wants it the most and whoever puts in the most work can be that guy. You know, because they're all talented. It's just gonna be a matter of, you know, who wants it. You came in probably not imagining how many records and yeah. big numbers and whatever you would have when you left, but did all of that, in retrospect, surprise you? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always kind of, you know, been the quiet type, like under the radar, you know, and I've kind of always known, like coming out of high school, I feel like I was under-recruited, you know, I wasn't that big of a name, but I've always kind of been confident in myself. Um, and, you know, so obviously I didn't know the rap. I knew I, I, I knew I could, there was no question I could be like a playmaker at this level. I could, you know, be a starter. But I think the amount of records that I was able to set is kind of like surprising. You said in your, in your meeting with Matt, you guys talked about where the program is going and stuff. Yeah. What is it about him and this staff that I assume makes you believe that these are the guys to get this program to where it needs to go? I mean, just the passion, I think, like, you see Coach Mack on the sidelines, like, in these close games, it looks like he's about to have a heart attack or something. But So, I mean, he's – and that's – he brings that passion every day, and I think the players feel it. You know, Coach Levitt on the defensive side of the ball is just as passionate. Um, you know, and I think now, um, next year, Coach Mack was just telling me we're going to have the biggest junior-senior class since, like, 2000, 2001 or something. So, I mean, that, that amount of guys that are all on the same page, you know, all preaching the same message, um, you know, I think that's a positive for the few going ahead. So, Nelson, now that you've gone through five years here and you, you've kind of seen different aspects of this program and you've got guys like Cheeto who just walked yeah. out of here and other juniors and all these guys coming back, well, what's the best piece of advice you think you could pass on those guys to maybe help raise yeah. that bar next year? 
I mean, my thing is, like, take every day, like, you know, seize the opportunity every day. I mean, that's how I kind of attack the game, you know, like, we have the athletes on this team. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, treating every day like, you know, not like, you know, that's the last chance you're going to get, you know. And I think the thing with this program is, you know, if we can do that and stack day after day, then, you know, we're going to be competitive against these top teams. Um, so it's just, you know, coming to work is what I would preach. Also, obviously, this season the offense did not uh, live up to the standards you guys had last year. When you look back, do you think it was injuries, execution, coaching? How would you uh, assess what happened with the offense this year? Um, I mean, yeah, injuries are definitely a big part of it. You know, up front we had a few that kind of, you know, we always had guys moving around up front, which, um, you know, protection is huge for us. But, uh, you know, that being said, we can't blame it on injuries because every team goes through injuries. It was just... I mean, that's what was tough for us because I don't think we could pinpoint exactly what it was. You know, I think if we could, we would have been able to fix it. But, you know, obviously, I feel like we never fully hit our stride on offense. And um, so that was the frustrating part. It was kind of hard to pinpoint it because I feel like every week, you know, it was, might have been like a different thing. Like we all never, you know, from all aspects, we never put a complete game together. Nelson, you're graduating above a 3-0 student. <clears throat> Graduating a few weeks, I'm assuming. Um, what were the next few months like for you, prepping for NFL stuff? Yeah, so I'll be. I got like one class this semester. I'm taking my final like in a couple weeks, and then I'll uh, head back home. I mean, decide. You know, I gotta go decide what agent I want to go with, and then decide where I'm gonna train at. It'll probably be home in Southern California somewhere, and then just kind of hit the ground running with that, and really focus on that. Yeah, everyone asking that. I don't really care. Obviously, I'll go whoever with whoever takes me. But um, I got a lot of a lot of family in Northern California. My dad's a big Niners fan, so I guess it'd be cool to go there. You know, in recent years, ESPN will do like hours and hours and hours and hours of the of the, uh, uh, the show in Indianapolis where guys are trying out. <coughs> Have you ever sat and watched that? The combine? Yeah, yeah. sorry, that's what the word is for, yeah. Have you ever sat and actually watched the combine, which I assume you will now be heading to it? Yeah, I, I watch it. I've, I mean, the last few years, you know, knowing that hopefully that was in my future, I've kind of been watching it, especially the receivers. So, yeah, I kind of, like, take note of, you know, different receivers and what they do there. What all-star games do you mean by I committed to the East-West, so I'll be playing in that. Uh, the NFLPA got invited to. I didn't get the senior bowl invite. So, yeah, I, I uh, accepted the East West last week. Shrine. Shrine game, yeah. Have you talked with, I know last year, uh, you, know, you, you looked into the NFL. So, obviously, this is something you've been thinking about for a while. How much research have you done? Have you, have you talked to P. Rich? Have you talked to other people just to kind of get some sense of what lies ahead for you? Yeah, that's what I think. That was that's why it was really helpful last year. You know, like, like kind of got to gather all the facts and like kind of see how the whole process works. And now, like, I feel like I'm really prepared for what's to come. And uh, yeah, I mean, last year I talked to agents, like 
that were contacting me just to, and they were really helpful about, you know, getting feedback for me and kind of letting me know how the process goes. So um, I'm glad I did that, you know, looked into it. So now I kind of know what's coming. When you're at an institution that has got such a great NFL history, I mean, can, can, you, can you tap into the, you know, the Chad Browns of the world or Michael Westbrooks or whomever else that, that might have been here before you that can maybe give you some advice or is that something you'll think about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, Casa I talked to, um, Peter Rich a little bit. I haven't been in touch with him lately, but I talked to him a little bit. Um, and, yeah, McChesney, you know, guys like that have kind of all given me a little bit of advice here and there. Nelson, when we talked a couple weeks ago, you said – a big thing for your draft stock is going to be speed. Yeah. Um, what what can you do? How do you uh, train to improve that speed? Um, well, a lot of it for the 40 time is technique, which I've never really had any speed training, so that's going to be a big thing for me is, uh, you know, obviously your start's huge and all that. Um, and, you know, I did a little bit last year training, just not knowing if I was coming out yet or not. And, you know, there's some things that you can work on. Obviously, lower body strength is huge. Um, you know, so just getting with a specialist and just really, you know, it's obviously just tenths of a second make make a huge difference. So just trying to shave off as many of those as possible. Do you have a target time that you're aiming for? Um, no, I mean, it's hard to tell with me because I've never really been timed, you know, so I don't know, like, where I'm starting at and, you know, what's reasonable to get to. Obviously, um, you know, you see some of the times that have been posted, like, four threes. I don't think that's realistic for me, but... Um, you know, four, high four fours, four fives is obviously would be cool for me. I find that odd because, you know, for you, your strength isn't necessarily running four yeah. yards in a straight line. Yeah, but I mean, that's what, you know, kind of getting some information about this process. The NFL places such as premium on speed that, uh, you know, you got to do it, um, you know, and I, so, you know, yeah, that's not my game, is I'm not going to be running you know, goes every route, but, um, you know, so I'll try to do the best I can at it, but, you know, I think once I, if I land on a team and I can kind of show them what I do, like, you know, I think there's going to be a spot for me on no matter where I'm at. Anything else for Nelson? Yeah, Nelson, you know, you're a great player, but you're not a great player.